Hello, this is Gidon Rothstein, and this is Perak Yud of Sefer Mishle, chapter 10 of the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be studying it with the commentary of Rabbi Yonah, and at least as Rabbi Yonah sees it, the chapter, which is relatively long, it has 32 psukim, so we will go through it fairly briefly, but the chapter is consists of a series of contrasts between the good person and the evil person, both in what they do and how they think and how they prepare and how others react to them. And those are the kinds of things that we will be seeing in this chapter. So the chapter starts off with Mishlei Shlomo, Ben Chacham Yisamach Av, Ben Kisil Tugat Imo, the Proverbs of Shlomo. And you could talk about, in the last chapter, I didn't note it, but the Vilna Gon did point out that, that the end of chapter 9 seems in some way to be the end of a book, because here you have the introduction again of Mishlei Shlomo, um, and then it's a wise son, a ben chacham yisamach av, pleases the father, and a ben kisil, a dull son, is his mother's sorrow. The obvious question being, why is it the mother and the father there? You could have just said that the mother, that the, it's just a poetic kind of thing, but Rabbi Yonis says, no, he thinks that the father generally is the one who recognizes more of the son's intellectual acts, and that's because he understood it to be true that the father would be the one more involved in training the son in those areas, whereas the mother knows more when the boy is a kassil. So the kassil, Rinyona assumes here, is somebody who just enjoys going for various physical pleasures and eating and drinking and all those kinds of wrong things. And those you do at home and um and and therefore the mother would see them and know about them and be more bothered by them. And then he says that the kassil and the evil and the resha are all ways of describing people who do wrong actions. An important distinction because uh he's pointing out that there are no people recognized in Mishli who just are inherently unable to be good. The being good or not is not a function of capabilities. It's a function of your actions, and therefore that's the point that Rinyona was making there. So Ben Kassil Tugat Imo will bring sorrow and sadness to the mother. A related thing, but not exactly the same, that um, if you have a lot of money and you gather a lot of money, so if that money is gathered in ways that are inappropriate, Otsrot Resha, and so Rinyona assumes that you gather it mitha chamas, uh, from theft. We now, as I'm taping this or dealing with, I assume we'll still be dealing with it when you hear this, the Madoff scandal which has rocked the Jewish world in one particular segment of the Jewish world, more particular than others, and so the Pazik is saying it's not going to work, kilo yizlach, and that's going to end up being uh, a problem. And so all of that won't happen, but it's staka, that's the of it, but the, what you do with staka uh, will have great value, lasting value, because that will in some ways, it doesn't talk about how it's going to happen, Radiona, that will in some ways save you from death. So even though in staka you're giving away money, it is actually something that is more productive to do with the money for you, more productive in terms of its outcomes in your life than gathering the money. Many people who gather lots of money assume that it's the money that's going to save them, and that's what this Pasuk, according to Rabbi Yonah, is denying. Pasuk, Hashem says, there's no, you're never going to get into trouble or damage from giving tzedakah, from giving away money. It's not that you're going to become impoverished because, Rabbi Yonah claims, tzedik is never, as I will never be uh, abandoned by God, whereas, when Rishaim um, try to gather money or try to seek their desires, meaning here Rabbi Yonah of Havat Rishaim is understanding it differently. The JPS on Havat Rishaim says the, um, the, the Hashem denies the wicked what they crave. Havat Rishaim, Yehadov, will be denied. Rabbi Yonah thinks Havat Rishaim is those things they gather together. He says, Avon Shosim HaRashaim. The sins that they do will push them because they 
will get punished for it, and they'll push them away. So he says that it's not only that the money won't help you, it's that the gathering of the money will actually produce negative impacts in your life. This is obviously assuming sort of a more direct working of providence than many people today assume that they see, meaning I don't think very many people today would say, well, just give away all your money to Tzedakah and it'll never hurt you. There has to be done with a certain amount of intelligence and a certain amount of foresight and a certain amount of weighing how much one is able to give and not is able to give. I don't think we'd go so far as saying, well, just give as much as you want and Hashem will protect you. There may be people who do such things, but I think it's not the more common thing. But being able to I think maybe is assuming those parameters, but it's saying don't think that the 10%, 20% you give of, of your wealth to Tzedakah will lead to you being impoverished. So Rabbi Yonah says, Rush, which here the uh, JBS says, negligent hands cause poverty. Uh, Rabbi Yonah says, it, it's, 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 not negligent hands, it's those hands that have gotten accustomed to cheating and trickery. So those, right, those hands are going to eventually become poor, but the hands of those who who will earn their living honestly from their own sweat, from their own uh, efforts, they will uh, eventually become wealthy. And this is something, again, that's part of this whole financial thing that we are going through in this country right now, is that many, many people became fabulously wealthy, all based on falsehood, lies, and cheating, and trickery, outright. Meaning there are those who did it because they made the wrong kinds of investments. They didn't understand it. But there, are, within each of those industries, there were people who went way beyond that, were clearly not uh, attempting to be conscientious. And then it comes back to this eternal message. And... I also think it's striking that at least in these five, four first psukim for Biniona, part of the definition, one of the central definitions of evil is somebody who tries to gather money to earn a living, to get money, to amass wealth by, in false ways, and in trickery ways, and in ways that have nothing to do with human, with personal effort and personal production of goods and of values that people need. That is an essential aspect of what it means to be a rasha for Rabbi Yonah, and I think in an essential element that we're seeing in our time, and which produces, and this is part of, I think, what he's saying, which produces a great deal of suffering for a great deal of people. Pasuk, hey, oger bakayitz ben maskil. Someone who gathers in the summer, this is building off of the analogy, metaphor of those insects that store up food in the summer for the winter. Ben oger bakayitz ben maskil, near dam bakatsir ben mevish. But somebody who sleeps through the harvest and doesn't gather, that's a Ben Mavish, that's an embarrassing son or an incompetent son. So Ben Maskil Ben Yonah says, um, it's telling you Zrizut and effort and how do you do it. So so if you have the right intellect, you will understand that you need to. And then Chesaron HaSeichel, I don't think he means you stupidly here, he means Chesaron of looking carefully at something. Here meaning Seichel, meaning not an inherent concept called intellect, but the ability to look and to understand how the future is going to work. And it... Um, and, and then he, and then he says, and he mentions these two times because in the in the kites, it's not even the katsir anymore, it's not even the harvest. So you might forget that it's a time of plenty of food, and it's time to be saving and putting away. And this is again something that I think is very relevant to our times when two generations ago, three generations ago, people said you have to save, 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 and then in the 80s and 90s, the savings rate in America dropped remarkably. So you had these fat years, you had these good years, and nobody saved, nobody was preparing. They were instead using them up, and then when the winter comes, the time of of difficulty. 
So that's a ben mivish. That's somebody who uh, did not uh, understand, did not learn the proper lessons. So this literally means there will be blessings on the heads of a tzaddik, and then the mouths of of evildoers will be covered with chamas, which JBS says as lawlessness covers the mouth of the wicked. Now the question is, is it? Um, is it that we are giving brachot? So we don't understand that way. What he understands is that the results of their actions will cause them to be blessed. So the, rest, the tzaddik who works hard and produces value and saves and gives stuck and all those things, they will get brachot from people. Whereas uh, the 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 rishaim not only don't do that, but they also speak rishilut, they gossip about others, and they therefore damage human relations, and that's a Hamas, and that will eventually cause them to be, their actions will cause them to be covered in embarrassment, and in, um, yeah, and embarrassment. Zecher tzadik levracha v'shem rishayim yirkav. This is a famous passage because people always say Zecher tzadik levracha after they mention it. So what does it mean? According to Benyon, it means, once we're talking about that they will get blessed, and here they will get blessed, their actions will produce blessing. It also says the people will end up looking well at them. Because of all their actions. So I'm sorry. So in Pasuk Vav, Brachol Rosh he was saying that the things they do will cause them to be blessed by Hashem because of their goodness. And their Rishayim, who do evil not only in their actions, but in their speech will be covered by, uh, will be covered over and Hashem will not give them blessing. So here it says in addition to that, people will recognize the goodness and the value of these people, and therefore, whenever they mention a tzaddik, they will have a bracha. Whereas Shem Rishayim, and then he says, "Lo yitachinu hazikaron berov hayamim." So the Ben Yonah is not saying it will happen immediately, but over the course of time, people will certainly realize what was so bad about this rasha, and therefore, they will not uh, respect them, and they will not mention them without. They'll just sort of let it rot, and their memory will go away. Another possibility, he says, that you only mention a tzaddik levracha because when you mention people, it's about their actions and their words, and the tzaddik's actions and words are always good, so whenever people mention them, it will have to be for good, whereas Rishayim, who have all these bad actions, will get to be mentioned for those things, and they will have rikavon. So it's two ways of seeing how people remember, how people do it. Either it's just whether you have a memory or not, or it's what will be the legacy of the actions that you leave behind. That will be the other way that Rabbi Yonah Understand Zechar Tzadik Livracha V'Shem Mishaim Yerkav. The memory of the Tzadik is for good, and of the Rasha is not. Pasuk Chet Chacham Leiv Yikach Mitzvot Ve'Avil Sefatayim Yilavet. So Chacham Leiv Yikach Mitzvot. Somebody whose heart is wise will always. The JBS has accepts commands, and then he whose speech is foolish comes to grief. Ve'Avil Sefatayim Yilavet. So Yikach Mitzvot means their thing is the question of obedience. I think is an important question in terms of. What is our understanding of our obligation to listen to what the Torah says and what Halacha says? That's one important divide between authentically religious people and not is that authentically religious people, I believe, understand that the fundamental, a fundamental aspect of Judaism is the understanding that it's not what do I think is right and good and how do I understand the world. It's what does Torah and what does God tell me is right and good, and then within that, how do I understand it and shape it creatively in ways that I understand? But uh, the sub, the fundamental substratum has to be an, an acceptance and an obedience to an, a system outside of myself. That would be interesting in and of its own. But that's not the way Chazal and that's not the Rabbi Yonah understand Chacham Levi They understand it more as Yikach as is always searching for Mechazer Umechapes is reviewing and seeking and going all over the place, even though there's no specific obligation, is seeking obligations to enhance his or her relationship with uh, with Hashem. And that's what mitzvot are there for, and therefore is always looking for opportunities to fulfill a mitzvah. And by mitzvah here, we don't only mean 
Talmud Torah or ritual activities like davening or saying Kaddish or any of those kinds of things that people connect with mitzvot, but with mitzvot like giving staka, like helping the poor, all those sorts of mitzvot, helping the, nick, the sick, visiting the sick, clothing the naked, all those kinds of things. The avil mitasek bechet piyadav uvisvatav. In other words, Chacham Lev is going to eat Kach Mitzvot. Evil Svatayim Yilavet, his lips are looking for, always involved with. And it's not only not, it's not enough for anyone who says that he does actions that are inappropriate. It's, and it's not because he is overwhelmed by his wrongful inclinations. It's that, that's what his heart likes. That's what he enjoys. So, that's an important, uh, I think it's an important distinction that Rinion is making to worth recognizing that it's not just a question of the specific wank of actions against each other that separate the tzaddik from the avil, but it's their fundamental commitments, it's their fundamental interests. Meaning, let's grant two people who, when it came time to shake a lulav, would both shake a lulav. But the tzaddik will be a person who, when it's not time to shake a lulav, will be seeking for other mitzvah opportunities, other valuable activities with which to fill his life. Uh, whereas the avil will be enjoying uh, inappropriate things, let alone just wasting time. But Evil Svatayim Yilabit will be involved in inappropriate things according to Ben So it's sort of the Sunday afternoon question. Sunday afternoon, when you have nothing to do, you're not, you don't have a job, you don't have specific family responsibilities, you don't have specific mitzvah responsibilities, what are you looking to do? So the, the Tzaddik Ben is saying is looking to do mitzvahs, whereas the Evil is looking to just hang out and, and, and have fun and do whatever he can do. Another possibility. It says that Evil, the, right, so here it would be is that he talks about himself, that his lips are always talking. Now it's not that he's committed to inappropriate activities, it's that his commitment to his mitzvah activities is first of all much stronger in speech than it is in practice, and then he speaks better a lot, whereas the Chachamle would just go and do more mitzvahs. It's a question between how much you just spend your time talking about it and how much you actually go ahead and do and are involved in it. If you walk innocently or blamelessly, you live safely. But if you walk a crooked path, right? You make your path crooked, meaning with falsehoods and with ways of an attempt to cheat other people. You'll eventually be known, you'll be found out, and you'll be in trouble. Um, and, and the Rinyona says, a part of that is that you never are sure that you can win out over somebody by various means of trickery and various uh, slate of hand and all these kinds of things. And you never leave. You just go on, an, on a path full of integrity. And he knows that he should know or he will know. I'm sorry, Yivadeya. And then one on the other side, when Yivadeya is that you're always going to be afraid. Rinyona says, even if it's not Yivadeya that you'll get caught. But you'll always have the fear of your enemies on you. And so too, if you're going to try to think you're going to be smarter than them and do this and that, you're going to have to always worry they're going to catch up with you and they're going to know you and you're going to not succeed. So therefore he's saying, even before you get caught, the life isn't worth living. So this last phrase is similar as Pasuk Chet. It's again in Pasuk Yud. So Koretz Ayin is somebody who, when he's speaking, Make some other kind of signs to check over his friend or to win over him. And what will happen is that the friend or the other person will be afraid of him and will come to understand that this is what you have to treat with, uh, kid gloves or with very, as if they are, I think today we would say radioactive, meaning you get to learn that this is not somebody who you can just trust and deal comfortably and loosely with. So Rinion is saying in this puzzle, we're saying that these kinds of people who think that they can be smarter than others and find the ways out will 
are, are really in some way self-defeating, although it could take a long time to self-defeat them, but in some way self-defeating because people after that, ever after that, will not be able to trust them, will learn not to trust them. Whereas in Avil, so that's the people who are smart enough to hide what they think or to, to manage to hide it. Whereas in Avil, so by the time you live it, we'll just talk about it and, uh, and he's even worse than the Koretan because he can't even get to where he wants to get to at all because he's not even able to have the, the discretion to hold back his views and his ideas. Now we compare the mouths of the tzaddik to the mouth of the rasha. The, the, the tzaddik is a makor chayim, is a source of life, and the reason is because a tzaddik, this will be another marker point of a tzaddik, is always talking about things of value and things of learning life lessons and things of learning the right way to act and to uh, believe and to, and to uh, conduct yourself. So that's Mekor Chaim. So if you hang out with a tzaddik, you will be constantly learning from what they have to say, whereas Pirish Shaim Yichas will be covered over with by their wickedness. And the radio notice that it that it repeated this second phrase, like the previous Pasuk in Yud, we repeated a phrase from Chet. This is a repeat of the second half of Pasuk Vav. And radio says, yeah, and it repeats it. Kirov hatov. And he says, most of the book is about showing you the extremes and you want to repeatedly show the extremes of good and evil, and the reason to do it is so that people can understand that they're always moving on a continuum between these extremes, and the more you get close to the extreme of good, the better it all, the better it will go for you, and the more you go to the extreme of evil, the worse it will be for you. Pasuk Yud Bet, Sinat Midanim, Ve'alkol Pishayim Ahava. So, literally the Pasuk means, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers up all faults. Rinyona points out that what this is saying is that, it's not only that when you have hatred, you have more, it, it is, when you have hatred, you have more fights, but it's not only that you will get into more fights because of the hatred, it's that the same activity or the same wrong, the same slight that a person can do to you, if you love that person, you'll forgive it. Whereas, if you hate that person, you'll get all upset about it. And this is a key, uh, crucial insight, right? It's not always about what was actually done. Well, he, insulted me in this way, or he ignored me in this way, or she this or that or that, right? Those are the ways in which people can justify their being angry with somebody else, but the truth is that the same activity done by a different person with whom there is no background of hatred or of upsetness or whatever it is that has led to the breakdown in relation between these two people will be forgiven and uh, and will be ignored. And that's what it's saying. Sinato Remedanim, the hatred arouses the fight. And all the wrongs can be covered over by love. If you really love somebody, you'll cover it over, or you'll deal with it in an extremely different way, and that's worth paying attention to. So somebody who understands and is able to gain new insight out of already given information. So if that's a person, they're always building new insights because they take their fundamental information and then whatever comes up, they're going to add to it. They're able to do that. And Rabbi says here, uh, somewhat controversial claim, but the idea that such a person is going to be able to come up with new insight even in topic areas that he doesn't actually learn very much or isn't particularly expert in because he'll take basic information and be able to build from there. Whereas, Chaser um, Leiv, uh, not only can't he do that, but even when he, when they teach him something, so Rinyan doesn't define a Chaser Leiv, but you remember the Malbim thought a Chaser Leiv was somebody who had not yet learned the ways of wisdom, the disciplines of wisdom, that would fit in very well with what Rinyan is about to say, that a Chaser Leiv is not only that he can't come up with new stuff, but he can't even understand 
stuff that you try to present to him, even if you discipline him with a stick, meaning even if you beat the kid, he still won't be able to learn it. And that would be a suggestion that if you have a chaser lave, the first thing you have to do is give them a lave. You have to give them the tools by which they can appropriately learn, and only then would you be able to actually have them learn something. So that would seem to fit very nicely with what we saw in the Balbim as well, that there's this idea, and I think this happens in education all the time, this idea that there are disciplines, there are ways of learning, you cannot learn well until step one is you have the tools with to learn. And once you have the tools, you have to actually learn. And then you have to develop the ability to derive new information from the old information that you've given. So it'll be three levels of the learning process. The wise people store up their knowledge, whereas the mouth of the fool, this is the JPS, is an imminent ruin. So, Chamit that means that they always are looking to hear new ideas or ideas that they've never heard before, that from, even though there's no Chiddush there, and they guard over it never to lose it. Rabbi is a big proponent of Chazara, of review, to make sure you don't forget things that you've learned. And when they have a topic they don't know about, they don't talk about it because they don't know, and they just are quiet and they wait for others to talk about it. Whereas in Avil, uh, which... We, which the JPS had as a fool, and Avil always talks about whatever comes to his mind, and he says, Rechilut, he'll talk about gossip, he'll, uh, even though it's going to damage him, and he'll give bad advice, and he'll never recognize the time to listen and the time to sit silent, and that will be a distinguishing characteristic between the Avil and the Navon, or, and the Chacham. Hon Ashir Dalim Resham. So the fortune of the Rich person is a source of a strength. That's what the Ashir thinks. But the Ashir is boteach be'oshro, and then it turns out that the Ani, the poor person, whereas the poor people think that their problem is that they don't have any money. And the Rinyona says, and they're both making the same mistake, meaning that you can have rich people who are just as wrong in their attitude towards money as poor people, because, Rinyona says, life and goodness doesn't have to do with wealth. If you're not wealthy, you can still live an extremely good life. And if you're poor, it's not the poverty that's the central problem. So there's levels of this. There are levels of poverty in which it, be, it just takes over everything, and that would be an extreme problem, just because if you don't have any food, you do have to get food so that you don't starve to death before you can do many, many other things. But the tzaddik, right, the Ravinion is going to contrast it, Aval tzaddik, but the tzaddik does everything. Right, that's the next positive. The tzaddik turns all of his actions towards life, towards good things. It's not a function of money. And then the rasha does everything the other way. And his grain is always sent to sinful purposes. So it's not a question of how much money you have or the money. It is a question of what you do with that money that is at issue. Pasuk Yitzayin, Orach l'chayim, Shomer Musar, V'ozev tochachat, Mat'eh. Orach l'chayim, Rabbi Yonah says, is coming to denigrate, Uval ha-ganot ha-mechasim sin'atam. So here it says, Orach l'chayim, L'chayim Shomer Musar, so when he guards and guides proper discipline. Because people who, got, who cover over their hatred sometimes spread... They spread false or wrong or bad ideas about other people. So people just talk all the time. So that's a, that's a problem. So it's an orachayim. It's a way of life to guard your tongue and to hold on to the discipline. Whereas if you, and you might think, well, why not just say everything that's in your heart and that way you'll feel good about yourself and you'll reveal 
what's going on inside of you. So if you cover over your hatred, then you're going to have false lips. You're going to be lying about things. But if you bring out your evil talk, so then you're a kasil. Um, and so the Rabbinian says, you're right. You're supposed to let the hatred piece out of it, or the anger piece out of it, at somebody else. And that's the Pasuk in the Torah. And all of that needs to happen, but it needs to happen in the proper, appropriate way. It would have to happen in a situation where there's some value to it. It would have to happen in a situation where there's some productivity to it. You can go to that person and talk out the issue out with them, if that's a possibility. But that you have to be careful to know that the way you speak about times of friction or cases of friction that you have with somebody else um, is, is an important aspect of understanding how to conduct your life. Talking too much can't possibly save you. It can't be that it doesn't happen, that you won't have some kind of a sin or wrong there, whereas if you guard your lips, you will be a muskil. You will... Um, you will be somebody with great insight or uh, you'll show sense is what the JPS has it as. So Rabbi says, because what you're supposed to do is whenever you talk, you have to weigh what you're going to say. And if you're going to talk so much, you're not going to have the opportunity to weigh it. So it's not a function of the volume of speaking. It's the lack of the ability to guide and guard what you say without thinking and, and talking about it. So if you talk about to talk about it, but if you are you accustomed to weighing what you say and you never let your lips move without thinking about them you're accustomed to guarding and guiding what you say then you'll be a maskil like pure silver is the tongue of a righteous man whereas the mind of the wicked is of little worth and that'll be a similar idea because the you don't guard you don't they don't control themselves to think about what they say and they just speak and they just jump out and talk. So we've had so far that Sadiqim do various things different. Their monetary endeavors are different. Their basic commitments in terms of what they're seeking in life are different. And now we're talking a little bit about that their modes of speech are different and their methods of self-control in terms of their speech are different. And that is a, those are guiding differences between the Sadiqim and others. And these seem to me to be not such, they're significant. But not inherently difficult. It's not like we've said you have to learn 12 hours a day in order to be a tzaddik. These are fairly simple and fairly universal characteristics that one could either adopt or not adopt. What are your basic commitments in terms of your time and your interest in your searches? Are you reliant only on your money or are you seeking opportunities to be good? When you use your money, do you use it in an appropriate, positive way or do you gather money in false ways? And then when you speak and when you... Um, or, or expressing yourself, do you simply express whatever you want to and you just think, well, I'll just say what I want? Or do you guide what you have to say and do you guard yourself to speak only in appropriate and proper ways? These are, in this parak at least, these are sharp or easy dividing lines between the tzaddik and the evil and they do not depend, I stress again, they do not depend on inherent capabilities nor do they depend on extreme acts of righteousness that we might see as foreign or different then us. The lips of the righteous sustain many, but the fools die for the lack of a sense. So what that means is that Tzadikim not only speak the right way, but they eventually uh, lead others in this right way because they set an example that others, many, some others will follow, whereas Evilim 
can't even control or lead themselves, and they also will clearly not accept other people's guidance until the day they die, and they will just live those kinds of lives. So that is also, I think, an important guiding characteristic between an avil and a tzaddik. Is tzaddikim, we said this earlier as well, tzaddikim are seeking knowledge from others, they're seeking guidance from others, in addition to providing guidance, whereas avilim are those who know themselves, know they are so expert that they don't need the guidance of others, they don't seek the guidance of others, until the day they die, they will be sure that their way is right. And that level of arrogance and that type of arrogance is, extreme, is an extreme factor in these people remaining evilim. The, it's the blessing of God which will cause true wealth and there will not be no sadness with it. So again, it's not worth it's not worth stressing yourself out over money issue. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be trying. It doesn't mean there's not an element of human effort into it, but that there is an element, this Pasuk is saying, that it's the Birchat Hashem. And where you are in terms of money is, at least in some senses, in some ways, a function of Hashem, and therefore it's not worth uh, killing yourself over it. It's not worth paying a lot of attention to it, because Hashem will set it up the way it is, and it'll come without needing your etzev, your sadness over it. Pasuk of Gimel, Kishok Lekitzil, Asod Zima Vachma the Ish Tivuna. Uh Pasuk. And the JPS it as it is as mischief is sport for the dollar, Kiskok Lakasil, so is wisdom for the man of understanding, meaning it's a game. What what is your entertainment? What sustains you, what makes you feel really good? So Skok is Lakasil. Skilim just like to laugh and it's fun and it's easy without even paying attention to it. And therefore they just do whatever they want, Rabiniona says, because they do whatever whatever they call whatever comes to their mind. So in the same way, an Ishtfuna, a person who has trained themselves properly, does the same with Chokhmah. Because al Sfat is that he thinks about things, is that he does things with um with thought until he finds the right way to do it and the right kinds of things to do and then he does them. So that instinct towards thinking and weighing and judgment is inherent to the Ishtunah, to the Chacham. The Rasha will get what he fears but what he wants will not really come true whereas the Tzadikim will get what they want. So again, the time frame is not clear but... but uh, but that's not that's going to be the way it's going to work eventually, because as Riniano says, the tzaddik is yisur olam, because upon tzaddikim the world is really founded. So that while we can't say it in the short term, but in the long term, it's certainly true. Then Vishayim are going to get what they're afraid of, which is destruction and loss of their wealth and loss of their prestige. Whereas tzaddikim will get what they want, which is that the world be built in a way that serves Hashem. Because when the storm comes, the Rishayim will be wiped out, will be destroyed, will be washed away, whereas the Tzadikim will be the foundation of the world. I'm running out of time, but I think this is a hugely a huge key point to understand that one can either place themselves, and this is not a function of, again, of intellect or talent or knowledge, one can place themselves in the stream of the world, as it would be, in the stream and direction Hashem wants the world to go, and can be a support for good and right and proper and appropriate, and they will become part of the foundation of the world. Whereas those who are evil, and evil, as we've seen, doesn't mean evil you commit murder or rape or or mass theft. It's evil in all the ways that we've been speaking about, they will eventually be washed away. So like vinegar on the teeth, which is painful, and like smoke in the eyes, same thing, so too is an atzel, is a lazy person, a person who doesn't try hard to those who send him on a mission. 
because it, the, the, the lazy person, Reniota points out, doesn't either listen to the mission right, or they'll take the, they'll procrastinate out on the way, or when they get to do the job, whatever you send them to do, they won't do it in the right way because they're just lazy about it. So, in all of these kinds of ways, uh, the, at, the sale will cause sadness and problems for those who have sent him and, and so, Benyon then says, why do you put the Atzel in the middle here? This is not a question of Tzaddik and Rasha, because he says, no, it's not true. It's about Torah and Mitzvot as well. And it's trying to tell us about Zrizut in Mitzvot, that the Atzel is also a characteristic that can lead to one turning into a Rasha, because an Atzel is just somebody who doesn't want to work hard, whereas, as we saw, Chacham Leib Mitzvot means, a Chacham Leib, somebody who's really wise, is always trying and seeking for service of God opportunities. I don't mean ritual Mitzvot, I mean Mitzvot, uh, becoming more like God, Building up a belief in God, serving others in the world in the way that God did. Lo'obdo l'shemro is a puzzle that comes up in any case. Puzzle of Zayi. Yirat Hashem tosif yamim u'shnot v'shaim tikzorna, and that the fear of God, even though you think you're saying I'm putting a lot of stress because I fear God, because I'm all nervous about what God really thinks of me. So anyone that says it's not true, while stress does in fact, he doesn't say the word stress. He says hadagot, which is worries, which is a similar kind of an idea, does in fact weaken you. The fear of Hashem and that kind of stress about your, that's stressing out over your sins. And again, I don't mean in an obsessive, compulsive kind of a way, but stressing out over your sins and trying to get rid of them and really trying to work on your Vodot Hashem. So all of that will add years to your life. It in fact has the opposite effect of ordinary stress. Whereas Rishaim, who often don't have any stress because they just enjoy the world, nonetheless their years will be Shortened. We're looking to do something. They hope for something. When they look for something, it's for those things that will produce real simcha. And they're looking for that Hashem should have rachamim for them. And they don't want, and they don't worry about the lack of, of being really, really wealthy. And so the simcha that they get is the kinds of simcha, the kinds of joy that Hashem really wants. Another possibility for Binyona is that it will come quickly, their simcha, meaning Hashem will save them quickly, or at some point, relatively quickly, and if it doesn't, it'll be a, a longing for that. Whereas Tikvat Rishayim is going to eventually be destroyed, and that's what they're leading them towards. The things that they want are actually self-destructive, even though they refuse to recognize that. The ways of God are really a source of strength for the innocent and the blameless, whereas they are a mechita, a ruin for evildoers. This is obviously in the long term, but that's uh, supposed to be something that we understand and we recognize. That again, in the long term, the tzaddikim will never be fully removed, they'll never be destroyed, whereas the rishaim will not be a part of the future of the world, <coughs> excuse me, will not be a future of the world in that long term. So rishaim often will say, I don't believe in the long term, I don't care about the long term. But this is an important thing to know. And when that long term comes around, in various ways, we see them being destroyed and wiped away and all these kinds of things. And we think, oh, it's so terrible. But this is part of what Mishnah is telling us, that they should have understood that when they weighed their actions. The mouth of the tzaddik uh, springs forth, produces wisdom, whereas the treacherous, treacherous tongue is going to be cut up. This is, we've seen several times before. I won't belabor the point. The difference is in the ways they speak and what they say. Yedun Ratzon Ufirishaim Tapuchot and the Tzadik is even if he doesn't speak, he only speaks the truth. Um sometimes Rinyona says he'll change the truth a little bit in terms of trying to produce peace. So that's Yedun Ratzon, they will produce love among everybody else. You have to weigh how and when you're allowed to do that, but that would be their goal is just to reduce peace, not to reduce any kind of uh 
self-satisfaction or profit for oneself is not a trickery. It's just an attempt to avoid conflict. And the Rishim will specifically not care about that. And they will produce they will produce conflict, duplicity, and all sorts of terrible things. So these are some of the main contrasts. And I stress one last time, these are main contrasts that come about through uh, actions that are available and understandable by all the modes of life that everybody could adopt if they chose to do so. And these are some of the main contrasts between the tzaddik and the rasha. Have a great day.